Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoy this message from our Sunday sermon series, Unplugged. We'll be exploring topics that we need to unplug from. Things like busyness, distractions, toxic relationships, bitterness, and misguided values. When we unplug from these things, we can then plug into God and focus on what really matters. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. But we are in this series called Unplugged. Say Unplugged. And uh, as many of you know, last week I talked about how uh, life can be very distracting. There's a lot of things in life that can distract us from the things of God. And I talked about how the seed of God goes forth. And many times that seed doesn't find good ground. And I, I would encourage you to listen to that message uh, that we, it's on our podcast. It's on, uh, uh, on Facebook. You can see that message. I believe it will really help you. Uh, we're also going to be talking about toxic relationships, uh, how relationships in our lives can, can uh, you know, kind of misguide us. And we're going to talk about the current culture, how the current culture, because of its values, uh, can misguide us. And so all of these things we need to get unplugged from and plug into God. And so I begin to think about just where we're at with people. How many know that people in your life can be the greatest asset? They can be the greatest spiritual asset in your life. But people themselves can also be some of the worst spiritual curses in our life. And, and if we're honest this morning, uh, you've been around people that uh, when you're around good people, they lift you up, they encourage you. But if you've ever been around, around the wrong people, they can bring you down pretty quick. In fact, it's more likely when you get around the wrong people, that instead of you lifting them up, they bring you down. And sometimes they can be pretty poisonous in our life this morning. In fact, many of you, even as I'm talking about, there have probably been some negative influences in your life where there have been some people this morning that have affected you, affected you, affected you I'm sorry, in a negative way. And maybe there's someone that you've met that's always critical and always harping on what everything's, everything's wrong, and it kind of gets on you. And how many would honestly say, you know what, I know someone that after I've been around them, I'm worse than I was better. There's probably a family member. In fact, I believe there's a spiritual principle. I don't know where it's found, but all of us have one of those family members that's crazy. You ever an extended family member? That's a cycle, right? How many would say that's Pastor, I know what you're talking about. Don't look at them. Just raise your hand. Okay. Keep your hand up. Let me see how many of you. Okay, those that don't have their hand up, like, they're the cycle. There you go. So, hey, anyway. So, I, I want you to think about this this morning. Uh, I'm going to talk about relationship that can be toxic. I'm going to talk about unplugging from toxic relationships because there are times in life where we have to decide, we have to discern that this relationship that I have is becoming toxic. And when we have something that's toxic, it's poisonous, and it can be contagious. In fact, I looked up the word toxic, and it says anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or even death. So if you haven't thought of this things this way, people contain something that can be very poisonous. How many know sin can be poisonous? And that when sin is out of control, 
it can really begin to influence us. So I want to read a scripture out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. It says, do not be misled. Say misled. Misled. Bad company corrupts good character. I'll read another version that says, do not let anyone fool you. Bad company can make those who want to live good become bad. Those that want to live good become bad when you're with the wrong people. So I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to help us this morning as I minister this message. Father, we thank you today for your grace. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the word of God. The word of God is so real. It's so relevant, God. It applies to every aspect of our lives. And Father, even in 2019, the word of God is still alive. It still shows us things. It still speaks today. Lord, it's not outdated, and I pray today that you'd open every heart, every mind to receive the word of God. Let it fall on good ground. Father, I pray today you'll remove every distraction and so many things that are boggling people's mind right now that you'll remove that, and Lord, they'll be open to the word of God to receive. I pray for the anointing of God as I declare your word and pray, Father, today that they would hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name, and the people said... Amen and amen. So many times we think, well, you know, because I'm good, I'm going to lift people up. And I believe that's true. But the majority of times when you're around bad people, it seems like the bad people influence the good people. And if we're not careful this morning, we become misled. We're being pulled down this lane or we're being pulled down this particular path that we don't want to go on and we become corrupted. How many have ever had children or you know of children this morning that, you know what, that you're, you're trying to teach your kids, uh, you know, to say the right things and not trying to teach them bad words. And then they come back from school and they're saying all these words. You say, where'd you learn that from? And they're, they're using the word BS. That's a bunch of BS. What's BS? Who taught you that? Britney Spears. No, anyway, BS, you know. Um, <laughs> All these different things. So what happens is this morning, we're not careful. You know, we realize that even our children can become a little polluted, you know. But Paul the Apostle even takes it to the extreme. And I really want you to read with me this particular verse of Scripture. In 2 Timothy 2.16, it says, Avoid godless chatter, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. I'll read another version. It says, Avoid profane, idle talk, for such people will become more and more godless. So the Bible says, don't get around this godless, useless chatter, people just talking nonsense. How many of you have been around people like that? Talking nonsense, talking a bunch of uh, Britney Spears, right, a lot of stuff, doing all this stuff. And the Bible says, because you're going to become more and more ungodly. Don't engage yourself in godless conversation because it's going to corrupt good character. But then he says this. I like the very next verse, 2 Timothy 2.17. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Now, I begin to look up what is gangrene. A lot of us have probably heard of it, but it's a nasty disease, man. And what it is, it can start off very simple. It can be a very small infection, but it begins to stop the flow of blood or life in your limbs. 
And then part of your limbs could literally die. Uh, if you know people with diabetes, they have to be very careful uh, because if they injure themselves, uh, the blood will not flow into that particular limb and uh, it could become very, very dangerous for them. Uh, people with frostbite, the same way, all of a sudden uh, there's no blood flow to their particular limbs uh, and uh, all of a sudden they could lose life in that limb and sometimes antibiotics can help get that thing going again, but when it's very, very severe, they basically have to amputate that part of the body to keep the gangrene from spreading. They have to cut it off. And so don't do it yet, okay, but I'm going to show you some pictures of some gangrene. Now, what I want you to do, if you have a weak stomach, I want you to close your eyes and look away. Because I don't want no complaining afterwards. Like, oh, those are, why'd you put those pictures? I, I'll get emails, you know, people telling me, why'd you put the pictures up? People calling on Facebook. Turn your eyes away for the next few minutes. I'm going to show a couple pictures here of gangrene, kind of give you a picture of what this disease does. So if you have a weak stomach, don't look. Show the first picture. There it is right there. That's pretty bad, severe. People losing uh, the end of the fingers. Go ahead and show the next one. Yeah, that's pretty bad right there. And then show the next one. This is, gets worse and worse. That's getting pretty bad. Now, this, 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 this next one is probably the worst. So really, if you have a weak stomach, don't look. Go ahead. Show the next one. Yeah, it's going down all the way to the bone, man. Okay, you can take the pictures away. Okay, take the pictures away. Okay. Now, for those of you that looked away, you can look at me. Nice-looking nice guy. Okay, so anyway. Um, all right, yeah. So what happens is you have to amputate some of these limbs. Otherwise, the disease keeps spreading, just like you saw on the picture there. You know, they're, they're pretty gross. It's pretty sickening when you look at that. But you think about that. That's what I want you to picture, how some of these bad relationships can be toxic like gangrene. It can get on us this morning, and as gross as we think it is this morning, a lot of wrong relationships some relationships that are hindering us, that are not good for us, can be like gangrene. One of the relationships, you can write this down. I'm going to talk about three different types of people. First, number one is negative people. The, the chronically negative. Have you ever met somebody that's just chronically negative? I mean, nothing's ever good. No matter what. I mean, I, I used to, you know, we used to have a friend, and we just knew whatever restaurant we're going to go, it was never going to be right. You know, the food was wrong. The service was bad. And I'm just thinking, my goodness, for the love of God, can I just eat a sandwich here without you complaining? I mean, my goodness, you know, I, I would try to prepare myself. Finally, I just told my wife, we're just not going out to eat with these people anymore. And no matter where we go, they could just never, they can't get a hamburger right. They can't get a bologna sandwich right. They just can't get it right. Not cooked right. It's not heated right. Now, oh, my goodness, Really? And so these people are chronical or chronic complainers, and they complain about everything. They get the music's too loud, the music's too soft, the building's too cold, the building's too hot, you know, all these different things. And they, they can find and critique things and really become very negative. And if we're not careful this morning, uh, you know, they, they say, man, Pastor doesn't preach long enough, you know. Well, probably not that. But anyway, uh, you know, all these different things in life, it could be really, it, it can get on you. It can get on you. And if you're not careful this morning, uh, it be, we become just like that chronic complainer. 
In fact, the Bible says that when the people of Israel were set free out of Egypt, remember, they had been enslaved. They had been enslaved for over 400 years. And the Bible said that Moses comes. I, I love this story. I'm going to read part of it to you because I think it's, it's, it's pretty wild how, how uh, this disease of negative and chronic complaining can, can rub off on other people. But the Bible said they're there, and they're getting free food from heaven. The Bible said manna is falling from heaven. Now, I don't know about you. Free food, that's a pretty good deal. Manna, you know, they're having banana burgers, banana splits. I mean, they're having banana, one ton of manna, the same song coming over the radio. I mean, it's just happening. It's manna time. They're having a great time. And the scripture said that the people begin to complain, and they said, we were better off in Egypt. In fact, we were so better off. We, we rather have died in Egypt than be out here. I mean, this is how demented and negative their mind. They had forgotten how in bondage they were. They had been enslaved. They had been abused. They had been mistreated. And yet they're saying we were better off in Egypt. This is how a negative attitude can rub off on you. They're being negative about everything. And finally, it even affects Moses. Now, most of us probably have never read this portion of Scripture. I'm even kind of embarrassed to read it to you, but I'm going to read it to you because sometimes as a pastor, I kind of have felt this way. Can I be honest with you? All right, I'm going to read it. Some of you guys are going to get mad at me once I read this, but I'm going to read it anyway, okay? It's Numbers chapter 11, verse number 10. Moses heard all the family standing in the doorways of their tent. What were they doing? Whining. They're whining, oh, I can't believe this. And so the Lord became extremely angry. So God's even upset because they're whining. Moses was also very aggravated. And Moses said to the Lord, why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burden of these people? Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? Can you already hear it, guys? How can I carry them to the land you swore to their ancestors? Where am I supposed to where am I supposed to get the meat for all of these people? I don't have enough cotton asada. I'm sorry, I don't have it. They keep whining to me saying, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. I mean, this guy's affected. The load is far too heavy. If this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me right now. You're killing me, Larry. Yeah. Do me a favor and spare me this misery. I mean, that's the Bible. I'm just going to tell you, that is the Bible. So here's Moses, this great man of God. You've all seen him. You know, Charleston has, you know, he stands, he opens the Red Sea. You've seen it. And you say, man, what a tremendous man. But, you know, even the negative, chronic complainer, the wire, even affected him. And he starts complaining to God, like, man, am I these people's mother? Am I the one going to nurse these people? My goodness, somebody kill me. Somebody shoot me. Get me a gun. Put a gun to my head. I mean, this guy is just so upset. But that's what happens when we get around people that can be very negative. It can affect your life. The second kind of person, are you ready for this, is the controller. How many have ever met someone that's a little dictator in your life? They dictate everything. They want to control. They manipulate. They use fear. And what happens is if you don't do what you, they want you to do, they, they, they get mad at you. They unfriend you. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not speaking to you. I'm not returning your call. 
And so they use intimidation, they use manipulation, they use fear and control to get you to do things. And, and I've seen it even in overbearing parents. Thank God for mom and dad. But sometimes they could be overbearing. And it starts at kindergarten. You know, they pick out the clothes for you, but then they pick the sports you're going to play in. They pick the school you're going to go to, the college you're going to go to, who you're going to marry. Are you listening to me? And it can become overbearing. It can. I mean, I've done weddings, man, but it looked like the, the mother was in charge of the wedding. I mean, I had to ask permission from her. You know, my, I said, you might as well just marry them, man. I might as well just step aside. I mean, you might as well do, here, you do the wedding ceremony. My goodness, you look like you're in charge. And the couple's all scared. You know, mom's in control. It's like, my goodness. Now, I know nobody's mom here. I'm just, I'm just kind of saying, okay? And what I'm, people are getting mad at me, like, who, my mom? No, what I'm saying to you is, is, is we got people like that. How many know someone that's the controller? Raise your hand. Some of you aren't raising your hand because you can't. They won't let you. I can't. I can't. Can I raise my hand, honey? I can't. No, anyway. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, so number, th number three, are you ready for this? The third type of person is the tempter. They tempter. These kind of people try to get us to do all the wrong stuff. They don't encourage us to do what's right. They encourage us to do what's wrong. These are the friends that are constantly trying to get you to party your brains out. They want you to smoke. They want you to drink. They want you to meet that girl that's throwing up at 2 in the morning somewhere behind a bar. They want you to do this. They want you to do that. And these are the friends that tell you, you know what, uh, just do whatever you want. You're so young, man. Just live it up. Just do it. And then when you get older, ah, don't get tied down to anything. Just do whatever you want. And then uh, at the end of your life, they're nowhere to be found. These are the kind of people this morning that will get you to start sliding down this slippery slope, man, and they influence you in the wrong way. you got to recognize who these tempters are. They're always the one trying to get you to do what's wrong. Isn't that amazing? These people are taking you down the wrong road. Man, you didn't used to say jokes like that. You didn't used to say off-color jokes like that. But now you're not only laughing at those jokes, you're saying them too. You're repeating them. And you were the kind of person, you just wouldn't go there. That wasn't your character. But now their character is rubbing off on you, and you're starting to do it. It's the same way with that boyfriend, young lady. That boyfriend's always trying to tempt you to, you know what, go to bed with me. If you really love me, you do it. And so if we're not careful this morning, we begin to follow that and we get influenced by that. And I believe today that God's trying to get us to recognize that that tempter, it may be fun right now, but down the road it's going to affect the rest of your life. And you got to realize who that tempter is. Who is this person that's taking me down the wrong road? And why is it this morning that I seem to be influenced by them? And so I believe today... All of us have to recognize that, you know what, we have to take care of ourselves. You need to detox from some of these relationships so that you can, you can help your soul, man. Your soul needs some healing in your life. You know, have you ever been on a plane where, well, all of us, when you, have you ever been on a plane, one of the things that happens is they, of course, the stewardess gives you all these safety instructions. And one of the things she tells you, she said, if the cabin pressure happens to change, the oxygen mask is going to fall down in front of you. Make sure to put your mask on first before you help somebody else. 
And I always thought that was kind of selfish. Like, wow, just think about you first, huh? Just about you. But then I realized that if you can't breathe, you're not going to help anybody else breathe. Am I right? And if you have two kids, then you got to decide who's number one, who's number two. Well, no, I'm just kidding. You don't do that. That's not what you're doing. Got to get the number one kid first, you know. No, I'm just kidding. You have both of them, obviously. So you, you got to put the mask on first, and then you put the mask on the person next to you. But unless you're healthy, you can't help the person next to you to be healthy. You've got to stay healthy. Stay healthy. And so if we're going to have good relationships this morning and we're going to have healthy relationships, you've got to learn how to stay healthy. And so write this down. We've got to have some healthy boundaries. We've got to set healthy boundaries. In other words, you got to, you, any, anytime you build a fence or anytime you have a barrier, what you're doing is you're trying to keep the good in and the bad out. If you have a dog, you want to keep that dog in, you don't want him out. And so you're trying to keep the good in and the bad out. That's why all of us in relationship, we need to have a boundary. We need to tell people, hey, you're not going there. You're not crossing this. I'm not crossing over there. There is a boundary in your relationship. There is a conviction in the way you do things. There's some values this morning that you're not going to cross. See, it's not that people are horrible. It's that many times there's things in them that can be very dangerous for you. And so you need to have a boundary to say, hey, we're not going there. We're not talking there. We're not going to do this. I'm not going to go that far. Hey, this is the boundary right here. Now, I'm not telling you to clear and dump everybody that's crazy in your life. Well, the pastor said just dump everybody. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying to you is that you have to make some clear, defined boundaries to say, this is what I'm not going to do. I'm going to live the conviction of God. In fact, in the book of Psalms, the psalmist writes how much he, he sets the boundary. Look at what he said in Psalm 26. It says, I do not spend time with liars or go along with hypocrites. I hate the gatherings of those, who, of those who do evil. I refuse to join in with the wicked. I wash my hands to declare my innocence. I come to the altar, O Lord, singing a song of thanksgiving and telling of your wonders. I love your sanctuary, Lord, the place where your glorious presence dwells. So he's saying, hey, I've made a decision. You know what? I'm not going to go hang out with these people that are doing wrong. I'm not going to go hang out with liars. I'm not going to hang out with those that are doing wrong and wickedness. He said, I, 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 you know what? I've made a decision. I'm going to go to the presence of God. I'm going to be in the house of God. I'm going to be a worshiper of the Lord. I'm going to be one of those people. I'm not going to go there. And even Jesus, when you think about Jesus, he called the 12. He didn't call the 200. Am I right? So even Jesus was not able to be close to everybody. There were boundaries, and there, there, there were some relationships that were closer. There were some relationships that weren't. That weren't. It wasn't that he disliked people, but you could, you're only one person. But Jesus, even the religious people that came around him, if you remember, the Pharisees were always trying to tempt him to do something weird, always trying to tempt him to do something wrong or say something wrong. In fact, they tried to get him to follow some of their religious things. You know, they had a way how to wash their hands and a hundred different ways to wash. And they wanted Jesus to do that. They wanted Jesus to do all these different things. And Jesus said, listen, I'm not going there. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. I'm not going to go down that path. We're not going there. And so he would keep a lot of the religious people at arm's length. 
He recognized, hey, you guys are religious, and I love you, and I'm going to share the word with you, but you know what? I'm not going to be hanging out with you and doing what you're doing. You're not going to influence me. I'm going to influence you. And so here's the key. Sometimes even there might be people that are good people next to you that if you're not careful, they can try to distract you from the will of God. Because sometimes you get, you know, have you ever seen people, they're serving God, they're all in, they go, hey, man, you're too much of a Christian. You go to, you go to church too much. You ever hear people tell you, going to church for you is bad for you. I go, where did you hear that from? Too much church is bad for you. Where did you hear that from? But anyway, there's people that will tell you, like, hey, man, you're going overboard. And the Bible said that Peter came to Jesus one day, and Jesus was talking about how he was going to sacrifice his life, how he was going to die on the cross. And Peter said, no, Lord, this will never happen to you. I don't want this to happen to you. There's no way. And you know what Jesus' response was? I love what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 23. He said, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. How, how about being called Satan by Jesus? You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. In other words, Peter, you're gangrene to me, man. You may not even realize it, but you're a spiritual enemy right now. You are not doing right. Now, I wouldn't recommend that you tell this to your mother-in-law. You're, get behind me, Satan, you're gangrene. That would not be good. Even though you may want to, I don't, don't do it, okay? What I'm saying to you is we have to recognize that we're not going to let people get in our way of serving God. When you decide to serve God, you can't let people get in the way of that. How many can say amen? You got to let people say, hey, there's a boundary. I love you. I care about you. But my walk with God is my walk with God. And you're not going to get in the way of that. And so here's what happens in relationship. What happens is we get attracted to people when they accept us. In other words, all of us this morning, we're looking for acceptance, whether you're a teenager whether you're a young adult, whether you're uh, an older senior, it doesn't matter. All of us, we want relationship, and we want to be accepted. And what happens is when people accept us, then we begin to be influenced by a lot of them. Have you ever gotten together with a friend, and you, ex you were accepted, and there was probably some things they were into that you were not into? Next thing you know, you're doing that. And I'm not talking about bad things. Maybe, maybe you weren't a sports guy and you didn't look at sports, but you start hanging around this guy, and man, you start to, man, I kind of, you know, I kind of like watching baseball now. You're hanging out with him. You're, you, got, you got acceptance from that person. Or maybe this person, just for example, they're into fitness. You were never into fitness, but you kind of got inspired by them. And now before you know it, you're running. And I know it would be hard for you to believe you're running. You're exercising, actually. Maybe even eating right and all of these different things. You become like your friend because you're attracted by their acceptance. But here's the other thing when it goes wrong. You become accepted. You become attracted. You become accepted. And what happens is, is they begin to influence you in the wrong way and you begin to drop your guard. See, what happens is we begin to drop our guard when we become too comfortable with people. And now you're dropping your convictions, what you stand for, what you value, because now you want to fit in because you got to accept it and attract it that you're not standing for the value you used to. Are you hearing me? And now you've left yourself a little vulnerable. And now you're kind of being influenced by some of the bad things they're doing, but because you've been attracted 
You've been accepted. You start doing some of the things that they're doing, and now you're starting to go in the wrong way. And I've seen people pick up some bad habits because of other people. Are you listening to me? They pick up some bad habits. They start going down that road because they got attracted to them. They got accepted by them, and they start picking up their habits and what they're doing, and they got influenced by the wrong people. They let their guard down, and it's extremely hard. Listen to me. It's extremely hard to break that cycle. In fact, I was watching the video. Our, 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 we just posted it. The video on our water baptism a few weeks. How many have seen that video? Isn't that an awesome video? We posted it on our Praise Chapel uh, Facebook and our Instagram. And I think we showed it here last week. Uh, Brother Ricky is the one that did it. Let's give, let's give a shout out to Ricky over here. He did a good job. And uh, it, it's, just a tr- it, it's a great video. One of the things that you don't get to hear on the video is some of the people sharing how God changed their life. And what they mention is they talk about how they were walking in a certain path at one time, and because of a certain friend who told them about coming to church, who invited them to serve God, or, or it might have been a couple or a family, because of that friendship and that relationship, they are now getting baptized and, and, and going that making a further commitment to Christ. But they can all reference a certain relationship or a certain friend that got them there. And they begin to thank that friend. Because that friend actually influenced them in a good way. But it's very possible this morning, if we don't have our boundaries, if we don't have our guard up, our, our friendships can be a very powerful force in a destructive way. Look at what the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. So if you want to get drawn closer to God, start walking with the wise people. Don't walk with the demanding people. There are going to be people that are just going to demand things out of you. And there are going to be those people this morning that you're going to have to recognize that, man, they're, they're talking nonsense. You ever been around gossiping people? I'm not just talking about women, okay? Men too. I'm just being honest with you. My wife corrected me. goes, honey, men gossip too. Yes, they do. Men are big gossipers. And if we're not careful, we can end up gossiping. Or even some of our prayer meetings, I'm not saying they do, but our prayer meeting can become a gossiping thing. Why don't you pray for so-and-so, you know, because they were doing this the other day, and I saw them over here, and they go, oh, yeah, I saw them too. And it becomes a big gossiping session, you know what I'm talking about? Or, or you have those people that, uh, you know, they start talking about the church. I know you guys don't. Just, just imagine with me. They start talking about the church. Now, let me just say this about the church. Do you know that the church is the bride of Christ? Did you know that? The Bible said the church is the bride of Christ, and Jesus is the bridegroom. So when you talk about the church, you're talking about Jesus' bride. So if I were to come to you and you're married and I say, hey, I love you, but your bride, she's ugly, man. I can't stand her. She's gross. She's thick. Would you be offended? Of course you would. Whenever you talk about the church, you're offending Christ. That's his bride. I just thought I'd throw that in there for you. And so what happens is we're not careful, we can end up in a gossiping session with people because we're allowing them to influence us rather than influence them. You got to be careful, ladies. Don't get around other people that are trash-talking their husband or, or husband. Don't get around men that are trash-talking their wives. 
Oh, your wife did that? Oh, man, you don't even know my wife. Let me tell you about her, man. And before you know it, you're just trash-talking. Trash-talking your husband, trash-talking your wife. And we get into this place where we're getting influenced in the wrong way. And, and all of a sudden, we're wondering why things are happening. Because let me just tell you something. You have no boundaries. I had a girl one time tell me, and I'm just be honest with you. She came to me, and she said, I don't know why bad people are attracted to me. She said that. And she said, I came to the church, and it just seemed like the bad people came to me. I said, because you have no boundaries, and they could see it. See, people know when you have no boundaries. If all the bad people are coming to you, now what I mean in a way where they can hang out with you and talk to you on, on a different level, like, hey, outside the church, let's talk over here, they know that you have no boundaries. They already know you have no conviction. They could see it in you. They could see it in the way you conduct yourself. And so when you have boundaries, let me tell you, that bad person don't really want to get around you because they know you're, 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 you're going to check them. Am I right? Oh, I'm preaching good, better than you're clapping. I'm preaching a lot better. It's okay. Now, what I, what I mean by that this morning is we have to be careful of these relationships. You got to be careful of relationships even on Facebook, old flame that are trying to friend you. Some of those people, you don't accept their friendship. They need to stay in your path. Oh, they just want to go to lunch. They want to just see me again. No, no, no. You're married. Okay? You don't talk to that old girlfriend. You don't talk to that old boyfriend. They said that, honestly, they said since the inception of Facebook, there have been more husband and wife divorce and more broken homes because of old flames uh, on Facebook. You're trying to spark up an old thing, honey. It's over. It's been over. You're, you're, you're just like the leftovers. If, if he's finally calling you, my goodness, what did that say about you? But that's a whole, that's a whole other story, okay? What I'm saying to you, don't accept it. Don't accept it. You got to tell some people, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm unplugging. Say, unplug. You get that guy trying to make moves on you, young girls, that old guy or whoever it is, or some dude trying to, and then somebody that's not saved trying to make moves. Say, I'm, I'm a Christian. No ring, no thing. Can't touch this. That's what you need to say. No ring, no thing. Can't touch this. That's right. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have some standards. You gotta have some boundaries about your life. You gotta be able to tell people, "Hey, we're we're not going there. We're not doing that." That's why when you're a Christian, you have some boundaries. When I see, I got saved when I was 16 years old, and I can tell you something, man. When I got saved, all of a sudden everything became free. Man, everybody's giving me free stuff. I said, man, I could even buy this stuff, and now they're giving it to me. I couldn't even get a girlfriend. I had some girls basically throwing themselves at me. I said, wait a minute, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. And I knew it was the devil. Amen. I said, no way. No, I'm saved. I'm walking with God. And they go, you're weird. No, I'm not weird. I'm serving God. Yeah, I'm married 35 years. Is that weird? I'm married 35 years today or a few months. And so I thank God for that. But somebody has to set some boundaries. Are you listening to me? Otherwise, there are going to be people this morning that are going to influence you in the wrong way. Number two, are you ready for this? There comes a point, very rare, let me just say it to you, very rare that you're going to have to cut some people off. Remember, I talked about gangrene. We try the antibiotics, right? Try to get that limb to live again. 
But there comes the point where the doctor says, I have to amputate. Because if I don't amputate this part of your body, it's going to affect the rest. It's going to kill you. So we need to cut this off. And so a lot of times, extreme, they cut that off in order to save the rest of your life or to save the rest of you. And so we have to be willing this morning. There are going to be times in life where you have to cut off a toxic relationship. I want you to be very careful today. I'm not talking about divorcing. Oh, pastors, I need to cut my toxic spouse right now. I need to cut her out right now. My toxic marriage. No, if you have a toxic marriage, you both have a problem. Let me just tell you that right now. It takes two to tangle. Somebody's being selfish or probably both. And so if you have a toxic marriage, that means you need some counseling. That means you need some prayer. Are you listening to me? That means you need God. Can you say amen? And so it's not a matter of I'm cutting this off, this person. Now, I do believe this morning if you're under abuse, physical, verbal abuse, that's a different story. But I'm telling you this morning, there comes a point, there are steps to cutting off a, a bad relationship. Number one, write this down. Ask yourself this question. Does this relationship add value to my life or does it decrease value? In other words, this morning, your values is your power spot. Your values are your strength. Your values are what you stand for. You need to ask yourself, does this person make me better or does this person make me worse? Proverbs 13, 20, I'm going to read it again. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Listen to me. You don't have to be a fool to suffer harm. All you have to do is hang around with fools. Tell me who you hang around with and I'll tell you who you are. I'll tell you the trouble you're going to run into. I'll tell you who you'll be in five years. Because you're hanging around with fools and you're wondering, why am I suffering? Why am I having all kinds of problems? It doesn't take a fool, are you listening to me, to suffer harm. All you have to do is hang out with them. Number two, listen to me. Write this down. Does this relationship make withdrawals only or does it have withdrawals and deposits? I've taught every man, every person I try to talk to in marriage, I say, you have to make some deposits in your marriage, not a bunch of takes. You got to give. Give and take. Are you with me? You got to put some deposits in your marriage. But sometimes, man, you're way overdrawn, man. That check is bounced a bunch of times already. You, yeah, there ain't nothing in the bank. You never deposit. You didn't deposit love. You didn't deposit care. You didn't deposit time. Come on, ladies. This is a good time for you to shout. You didn't deposit all of that. And now the guy just wants to withdraw. You're way overdrawn. So in every relationship, there needs to be a mutual reciprocation. And what I mean by that this morning is not every relationship are you going to get back what you put in. But there is a mutual reciprocation. You are reciprocating something. There is something you're getting back. Maybe not as much as you're putting in. There are some relationships you're going to put in more than you get. That's okay. As long as it's reciprocating. That person is just not sucking you dry. Are you with me? When you have a partner that only withdraws, you don't have a partner. You have a parasite. Some of you folks, you have some parasites in your life. They're sucking you dry. They're sucking the life out of you. And you have to recognize this is unhealthy for me. I need to get rid of the parasite. Number three, listen carefully. Does this relationship help me bury or does it resurrect parts of me that I need to keep in the grave? In other words, this morning, 
There are some things in your life that need to stay buried. But if this person constantly is resurrecting those things in your life that are supposed to be buried, that's not a healthy relationship. See, the Bible says that we all have this sin nature. All of us have this sin nature. The sin nature is not evicted out of our life. It's just under arrest in solitary confinement in handcuffs way deep down inside. Am I right? Got to keep that sin nature, man, locked up. But if you have a relationship that constantly is able to come into your life, access into your life, go in there, unhandcuff that guy, get him out of solitary confinement, walk in the yard. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. He's walking in freedom. Then that relationship is unhealthy for you. That relationship is bringing things out in your life that are supposed to have been buried and died a long time ago. They're unhealthy for you. You need at that point to decide you know what, am I going to cut this off or am I going to keep it going? Now, again, I want to just say to you that it's very rare that we cut people off. We're Christians. We believe in ministering people. We believe in empowering people. We believe in helping people. But, friend, not to the point where we become poisoned either. Now, listen to what Jesus said. I'm going to read you the scripture here in Matthew 18, and I'm going to end here. So I want the musicians to come up. I've run out of time. But here's what the Bible says, verse 7. What sorrow awaits the world because it tempts people to sin. He goes, the sorrow is coming on these people that tempt people to sin. Temptations are inevitable, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? So if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better to enter in eternal life with only one hand or one foot than to be thrown in eternal fire with both your hand and your feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into the fire of hell. Now, we're not talking about literally gouging out your eyes because next service we're going to have a guy, a bunch of pirates, you know, with Patches on their eye. Some of you might just have two patches. I don't know. And, you know, I'm not talking. It's a spiritual. It's symbolic, okay? He's saying get rid of those things that are hindering you. Cut it off. Are you listening to me? He's talking about the tempter. He's talking about those people this morning that tempt you to sin. Now, he said there comes the point, there needs to be a process where we cut that off. Are you with me? We do it discreetly. We do it prayerfully. We do it lovingly this morning. We, it, we do it very rare that we even have to do it. But there are times where this relationship is killing you. That this relationship has become toxic and poisonous in your life, and you need to recognize it. Can I just say this? At least you need to back off. You need to back the time off and say, you know what? I'm spending way too much time with this person, and I, I'm, I'm thinking different now. My philosophy is different. My spiritual life is so. I don't even go to church that much. Why? That person's hindering your life. Their drama become your drama. Their life is becoming your life. They, you know what? So many people in our lives this morning, we're not careful. We, we become their God in their life, and that's your fault. Well, you know, if, if they don't succeed, it's my fault. No, no, no. They, they have their own responsibility. That ain't your fault. You're not their God. Well, if they don't, they don't succeed, if they fail, well, you know, they need me. No, you're not God in their life. When did you become God? 
You're not responsible for them. You're to pray for them. You're to love them, but you're not responsible for what they do. And if we're not careful, we're trying to be God to everybody. That's toxic. That's unhealthy. You have no, no boundaries in your life. That's why you're suffering yourself spiritually. Am I preaching? I, I thought I'm preaching good, but anyway, it don't matter. I'm saying to you, I want to help some of you this morning because some of your souls need to detox. You need to detox your soul today. Some people this morning are hindering your walk with God. You need to get healthy again. You can only help others when you're healthy. You can only help others when you are spiritually strong. And this is why Jesus is saying, this is why even Paul is saying, bad company corrupts good morals. Don't be misled. Don't be fooled by the enemy. Don't be fooled. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.